I've got about eight minutes. Believe it or not, I actually think I can do this. Maybe nine, ten. No. <laughs> I think we can do this. So why don't you open up to 1 Timothy chapter 2. And I want to be really simple and really pragmatic. So last Sunday, my good mate Paul was here. Um, pray for him this week because there's absolutely nothing he can do now. All the votes are in. It's like you can't really pray for him to get in now because it's done. Um, Pray that he has a really good rest because he goes away for like a week after the election's done and tries not to look at the stats. Probably won't know till at the earliest Thursday or Friday because they always count the lower house first to make sure all of the seats and they know who's in government. and all. I mean, we know but we don't know if it's majority or minority yet. Um, and then they do the upper house. And um, I, I was messaging him earlier today, and he said it's very, very tight. So um, just, just pray peace and rest over him like the burden will lift off while he's away for a week because there's absolutely nothing you can do now other than wait. So, um, but how cool was it to have him here? Hey. And I, I really felt the engagement in the room in spirit. There was, um, yeah, as he was talking about stuff as well, I mean, he's funny, he's a good storyteller, and, but it's something really deeply pragmatic. Like when something gets through, the important gets through by one vote and it happens to be his, it's like something tangible we can put our hand on and said, God used him in that moment. Um, and that, that's exciting. Um, that is engaging. And so I wanted to just pick up on something really pragmatic. Given we're talking about taking ground, I want to give us a really simple, pragmatic, heaven-to-earth strategy move. And it's sitting right here in 1 Timothy chapter 2. It's, it's so simple that we could so easily miss it. So let me read the scripture and then I'll kind of, I'm actually going to attack it backwards just for fun. Yeah, I'm not going to read it backwards because I'm not that good at that, but I, I'm going to attack it backwards. So this is Paul talking to Timothy. The, Timoth the book of Timothy is uh, known as one of the pastoral epistles. So Paul is actually addressing a leader, Timothy, very, very specifically as he's in the process of leading a church. And in other words, Paul's being like a pastor to pastors, if you like, or an apostle to pastors. So he says, I urge then... First of all, the petitions, prayers, intercessions, thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, the way that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Saviour, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. So let me, let me work backwards at that, because what we have is the last couple of verses, we have an outcome. We have people leaving, living, oh yeah, that's Pete's, that could be bad if I knock that over. Um, we have, let me actually read it. That we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. Now, when I first read that, the godliness and holiness bit, I'm, I'm so down with that. I'm really cool with that. Love that bit. The peaceful and quiet thing just sounds a tad boring to me. <laughs> if you know me, you know, I, I like a bit of noise, a bit of chaos. I like the whole, let's, let's just, you know, pull out the pin, toss a grenade in there. Let's see what happens. Oh, that's interesting. That, that's that's kind of me. 
But if you understand the context in which this is written, you would understand the longing for for peaceful and quiet because the alternative to peaceful and quiet was the sort of thing they experienced under Nero, which was them getting you know, killed, persecuted, um, their houses looted, you know, absolute devastation, destruction. It was, um, it would be up there with ISIS kind of stuff that was on the horizon for them. And actually, no, I'll say that in three minutes. So peaceful and quiet implied in the text, not only not only in the text, but in the context of where Paul is writing is that we would live lives free from persecution. So it's not the boring, peaceful and quiet. It is, it is the, oh, we can actually live without fear that we're going to be killed, our kids are going to be killed, our house is going to be looted and pillaged, all of those sorts of things. And then... So that's, that's one of the outcomes. And then it says, this is good and pleases our God, our Saviour. Verse 4, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. Now, knowledge is not head knowledge there. It's come to an experiential knowledge of the truth. Hi, Valerie. In other words, that people would come into an experience of the truth. So in other words, our society would operate in such a way that we would be free from persecution. We can actually live our life. That's a good thing, right? And I actually think as time goes on, in our current environment, we're going to realise how precious that is and that we're going to actually have to fight for it Um, because there are elements in the political spectrum that are getting more and more militant against everything that you and I are about. And yeah, we heard some of it last week from Paul in terms of just how close some stuff has come. Um, but it's, it's getting worse. So that stuff goes away and people get saved. There's a harvest that happens. They're the outcomes. Now, what is the process that leads to the outcomes? He says, I urge them that petitions, prayers, intercessions, thanksgiving, and we could go through each of those words, I won't today because it highlights that there's different kinds of praying. There's different ways of praying. And Deb may unpack that a little bit more. She's going to speak next week. But he says, for kings and all those in authority. So here Paul is giving Timothy a key to us living a life where we can be free and we can see a kingdom harvest of souls, of people meeting Jesus, encountering him. We can see that. And he says, the way to do that, pray for kings and for all those in authority. Now, kings is obvious. It's, it's talking about, um, if you like, political rulers, whether they be a king, a president, a prime minister, whatever word you use. That word for all those in authority could easily be translated magistrates. So if you like, pray for those who are in the, at the head of the political system, pray for those who are at the head of the judicial system. In other words, those who make the rules in your society, those who make the rules, the politicians, they make them, and those who enforce them, because if you get corruption in either of those places, stuff goes bad. Now, when we're praying for them, what are we doing? Yeah, it's not just, dear Lord, please bless them. Although that's way better than, dear Lord, please kill them or, you know. But yeah, dear Lord, it's deeper than that. 
What we're endeavouring to do as we pray for our leaders is to change the atmosphere in which decisions are made. We want to change the, the, the spiritual space around their head and their heart that they are in as they are making decisions that affect you and me every day. The alternative, if we don't pray, is they be, if we go, you know what, that leader is just evil and is criminal and I flatly refuse to pray, they actually become the antichrist that we prophesy. Now, I've read this about a number of rulers and I think it was Nero and I could be, I could be open to correction because Nero in the first century AD was one of the most militant persecutors of the people of God. As I understood it, the church at that time refused to pray for him because they thought he was the Antichrist. So they refused to pray for him. But in refusing to pray for a leader, you remove from them the atmosphere of heaven and access to the atmosphere of heaven. And so they become the Antichrist we prophesied they were. This is the danger. See, we, we can let our political leanings, whichever way they are, stop us from praying for our leaders because we might not like the, the, the party that they represent. But if we as the church pull back from praying for them, they become every bad thing that we start out thinking about them because we refuse to shift the atmosphere around them in which they make their decisions. Are we, are we making sense here? This is what we're about. We want to shift the atmosphere in which decisions are made so that they have access to the wisdom of heaven, not the wisdom of the earth. We're making sense. So pragmatically, what does this look like? This is actually a strategy that when Deb and I were in youth ministry in a high school, we actually used to teach this strategy to the kids in the school about of how to make an impact in your school. And I said simply this, target your principal. I mean, you're in a Christian school, so you've kind of got an advantage for, for some. Um, but I said, target your principal. Now, you, when I say target, I'm not like you know, walk around their office seven times and hope the walls fall down or something like that. Um, but in terms of target them in prayer, in other words, like adopt them in prayer. But before we actually let words come out of their mouth, as we've talked about over the last few weeks, Stop, listen and go, God, how would you have me pray for this leader? What is on your heart for this leader? Stop, listen. Because what we don't want to be praying is our agenda. We want to be praying heaven's agenda because it's only as we pray heaven's agenda and co-labor with heaven that we shift that atmosphere. Pray heaven's agenda. Then watch. You may see absolutely nothing for a time, but you have no idea the difference that that is making. So step number one, adopt them in prayer. Step number two, listen to God. What will he have them pray and pray that? Now, if, if you're really smart, make the parallel. I, I was using a school and a principal as an obvious thing, but if you're in a workplace and you have a boss, here's what to do with them. Adopt them in prayer. Ask God what he wants to pray Pray that. And then the next trick is to look, ask God and to look for an opportunity to tell them, hey, I'm praying for you. Now, why is that important? If you've ever been a leader in any kind of environment, and I work with a lot of CEOs out in the business world, everybody wants something from them. 
Like they're, they're at the top of the food chain. Everyone wants something from them. So to go to them and say, hey, I just want you to know, I pray for you. Whether it's every day, I pray for you. Yeah, I have a time every week where I pray for you. That speaks powerful stuff to a leader. Now, some of them might look at you and go, right, uh, okay. Sometimes because they may, not, not, may have no idea what to do with that, but I guarantee they will go away being impacted by that because everyone else wants something for them, from them and you are there to support and to bless them. If you're praying for our political leaders, again, adopt them in prayer, listen to God, pray what he says to pray, then watch the news. Seriously. You might need to get a bit of a spread of what you watch because, boy, there are some filters through which a lot of our news comes. But keep an eye on the news because, A, you will find out when they're in really stressful situations, but you will also see the sorts of decisions that they are going to make. And then you can say, okay, there's something that's coming before Parliament this week. For example, I'm going to be praying for them during that. And if you have access to them, if you can get them on Twitter, you can send them an email... Send them an email saying, hey, I'm praying for you this week. I know this is some really important decisions that you are making. Don't try and influence them at this point. There's another way to do that. I'm not, and some of you will be good at that. This is not that right now. This is just praying for them. Saying, hey, I know you're making some really important decisions this week. I want you to know that you are being prayed for, that you will have the wisdom you need to make the right decision for those whom you lead. I mean, is this simple enough? Like this is so simple and so easy, yet Paul gives it to Timothy as a key to shifting the atmosphere of your society and bringing in a harvest by targeting those who are at the top of the food chain and adopting them. Are we making sense? Yes. Do I need to say anything more about that or can I actually just let you go and do that? I could say much more, but I'd be saying the same thing over again. So what I'd like us to do, we're going to finish and we're, going to have di- we're having dinner. You know we're having dinner yeah. tonight? We're having a family dinner. But what I would like us to do, let's all stand and gather around again. We're going to do a similar thing to what we did a little moment ago. We have a new government starting day one today in New South Wales. We have some who don't know if they're going to be in government in, you know, as members of parliament or not. So the stand thing involves you know, removing the backside from the top of the seat and using your feet to hold up your weight. Did I say, did I ask you to stand? Okay, just just checking. (laughs) Because every now and then things happen in my head that don't come out of my mouth. And then a lot of things come out of my mouth that don't happen in my head and that's way worse. So, what I want us to do is we're going to pray for our new government in New South Wales. You heard from Paul last week that pretty much the moment a new parliament it is in, there's going to be legislation going before the new parliament for things like euthanasia, uh, for things like late-term abortion, for things like scripture in schools, a whole lot of stuff that is really important to us where we want a culture of life are going to be tested again early in this term of parliament. And we want to pray for our leaders that they would have access to the wisdom of heaven and that they would have access to the Spirit of God in making those decisions. And even those who think they would be for it, things can turn when we pray. So what I want us to do, simply, let's wait on God for a moment. And then as you've got something to pray, we're going to pray. I'll give you the microphone so that we can record it.
and then we're going to be finished and have dinner. Is that all right? Okay. So let's just drop into our spirit. Let's ask God. And then if you've got something to pray, give me a signal and we'll pray. Um, I just um, got a picture of smoke. Lots of smoke. Just um, very unusual grey drab smoke. And I just um, have a sense that that's, um, that's so the environment that, um, that all of this crazy stuff and these things can be passed within the smoke of who knows where and what. And we just um, we pray to living God, whatever you want to do with this picture, that I know that you want to clear the smoke. Yeah. You just want to clear the, the smoke is a, um, is a residue, is, is a necessary pulling out from the burning of something. But we just just pray, living Father, that um, that your wind and your freshness will just um, just blow all of that that tiredness and that smoke away from all of the situations that people are, are kind of seeing these issues through. And we'll just pray that through that, that you'll just give people glimmers of the light and the burning and the fire. Yeah. And uh, we just, just pray that in, in simple, small, intimate ways, just like wind blows smoke away, just like fire is greater than smoke. We just pray you'll come into individual hearts and, and do what you need to do in that. Yeah. Yeah. God, just... Thinking of that song, you unravel me with a melody. And I, I believe we need to proclaim a melody over the parliament. Mm. Uh, whether the participants in parliament ever hear it audibly or not is kind of irrelevant. That we, if, as we proclaim a melody, as we persist with a melody that goes daily, that you'll unravel the plans of the enemy. That you'll put that into confusion uh, when plots come against your people and against your purposes. And that you will also unravel fear and that, uh, that that melody will just pervade through things and over things uh, so that your purposes <laughs> cannot be stopped in Jesus' name. Yeah, yeah, amen. Yeah, as we just um, and stopped and waited, I, I got the word tank stream and uh, I felt like... Um, there's the you know the tank stream was the the place in early settlers of Sydney would come and go and get their water from, and I feel like the tank stream is, um, it's, yeah I'll just pray it. So Father God, just pray for the tank stream in Parliament, Lord, that we're the life life giving waters that you um, you provide, that it's unique to where it is, the place that it is, Father God, just. Uh, let that just well up in Parliament. That those there that are making the decisions, that are uh, that are debating uh, various uh, policies that affect the lives of people of New South Wales and and in fact the nation, that um, that they just yeah that they just tap and drink from your your wellspring. That Father God, your wellspring will rise into that place, no matter where those individuals are from. That they know to come know come to know the hope um, that is in you, the hope of the living God, that there is no fear in you, 
And Father God, I just yeah, we just pray against any fear that comes into that parliament. The decisions will be not be based off fear, that will be based off hope and hope in you, that they'll be based off uh, life uh, and joy, Father God. I just pray for a, a breakout of joy in that parliament that <laughs> that the yeah we'll see television um, spots just trying to work out why there's this joy and, uh, and, and laughter that goes on in the place over nothing. Father God, we just pray for your, your presence now, Lord, in that place. Yeah, yeah Lord, we just, um, yeah, we just, yeah, as people, uh, as, the, as the elected leaders are there, that they just hear, your, uh, hear either your whisper or hear, hear you audibly or see you or feel you or know you, whatever they need to, you know, need to experience you, Father, just let them experience it. That will be impacting. In Jesus' name. Yeah, Father, we just declare a shifting of the atmosphere of the bear pit, which is the New South Wales lower house. It's known as the bear pit because of the, the fierceness of the fighting that happens in there. And God, we just declare a shifting of the atmosphere in that place. We pray for our Premier, Gladys Berejiklian. God, we pray an abundant spirit of wisdom over her. God, we thank you for her. That, that verse in 1 Timothy 2 says that thanksgivings be made. Not just prayer, but also thanksgiving. So we thank you for our Premier. Whether we voted for her or not, we thank you for her. And we just bless her and we declare that she will have the wisdom of heaven surrounding her, that she will be prayed for. She will have access to the wisdom of heaven. We say yes to a culture of life in New South Wales. In Jesus' name, we say yes to a culture of life and just blow your wind through that place. And as it is in heaven, so let it be in this state. In Jesus' name, everyone said... Last thing, it's really important when we pray for leaders is to pray without judgment. Okay, it's so easy to have our own judgment of who they are and what their motivations are. You know, very, very few people in that realm are actually pure evil. Even if they're from the other side of the political spectrum to what you might be, very few of them are pure evil. A lot of them are deceived, but most of them aren't evil. Most of them, even though they might go after things that we would go, whoa, no way. If you listen to their reasoning, reasoning underneath it, often it's actually compassion that's just misguided or, or, or has some deception around it. So we have to withhold judgment because when we judge, our prayers tend to bounce. Don't make a judgment on their motives. Pray what God tells us to pray, that they would be surrounded with love and wisdom. And let's see what happens. Adopt your boss, adopt your principal, your university chancellor, your whatever it is. And if you want to get really powerful, get someone else with you. Get another Christian in your workplace. Have you got any in yours? Being a Christian school, you'd have a few. <laughs> get another Christian somewhere in your workplace, join together, because when two or three are gathered, it adds power. I'm officially done. Let's have dinner. Amen.